Welcome to Rethinking Leadership, where we're serving fresh ideas over coffee, because nothing happens before coffee. I'm Jackie Lesser. And I'm Dee Yarrison. Grab your favorite mug and let us fill you up. Hi, Dee. Hey, Jackie. How are you doing today? Great. Nice um, to see you. Yes, likewise. Really see you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> today, we're going to be talking about uh, projection. Ooh. Yeah. <clears throat> and I want to talk about t- projection today mm-hmm. because of a recent experience that I had. Okay. And when I say projection, mm-hmm. I mean that there are so often times when we're triggered by something in our outer world mm-hmm. and we think it's the other person making us angry. Uh, yes. When in fact, it's really that we're seeing a part of ourselves mm-hmm. that we have a hard time being with. Right. Yeah. I think a story would be really helpful because I know that language is so common to say, you're making me angry or he made me feel so whatever. And really the truth is, uh, no, it's coming up from within. It's being triggered by the event that was happening out here in our outer world for sure. Um, And that can be a useful thing for us if we're willing to dig into it. So let's dig into it. Yeah. Okay. So this happened over Thanksgiving, and my uh, parents were here from out of town, and we have very good friends that adore my parents, and vice versa, and they invited us for dinner toward the end of the Thanksgiving weekend, and it was always going well. We were enjoying it. The meal was delicious. Everything was great, and the friend started asking political questions of my parents. Mm -hmm. Now, my parents had been there for a week and my parents have very different political ideas than myself and also than these friends. And so for the whole week, we had avoided this conversation. (laughs) And his curiosity started to ask these questions and the conversation got really heated and very difficult. I saw the body Mm -hmm. language. I saw some, you know, some nonverbal cues, things like that. And I felt myself really triggered by this. I was hearing prejudice. Mm -hmm. I was hearing righteousness and from both. Like Mm -hmm. I was hearing judgment and I responded or reacted. I should say I reacted in a way that is, I'm using air quotes for this, uncharacteristic of myself. Which was, after a while, I kept asking them, please stop talking about this. Please stop talking about it. I don't want to talk about this. I said, guys, this, we, you know, we were doing so well. Let's not talk about this. And again, this was all my discomfort. They didn't, they weren't uncomfortable. They were egging each other on. What ultimately happened was I stood up and I said to my parents, it's time to go. We need to leave. And they all looked at me like, Jackie, you're like overreacting. What's the problem? We're just having a conversation. I said, you're not having an intelligent conversation. Nobody seems curious here. No one really wants to know what the other one's thinking. They just want to be right about their facts, their beliefs. And I won't have any of this. I don't want this to ruin the relationship. Let's go. Mm -hmm. So my parents collected their coats. We proceeded to leave. I apologize that we were ending the evening early. There was some kind of real bad vibes, I think, going on. Um, Just certainly I was feeling them, but I think my parents were feeling somewhat embarrassed, a little upset, 
friends do. And as soon as I got into the car, Dave, like we were in the driveway. As soon as I got seated in my car, I'm like, ugh. Mm. I know what this is about. Wow. Yeah, I know that this isn't about them. This was about me uncomfortable because I was seeing where I wasn't curious, where I was being judgmental, where I was remembering a prejudice, where I was needing to be right. I was was in pain Mm, from recognizing like, oh my God, this is not them. It's me. Yeah, and it's not how you want to see yourself. It's not how you do see yourself. Exactly. As a person who needs to be right or has strong prejudices, right? We don't we don't want to believe that about ourselves. So when we're in that the presence of that, it's it's all over there. It's you it's all you. I'm not going to have any of this. Let's right. go. Right. And I didn't want to own it. And given what my work in the world is, I knew that there was no avoiding it this and that I would need to face these parts of myself Mm -hmm. and just look at them saying, look, this is not me. My thoughts, my beliefs are not who I am. However, I am having these thoughts and these beliefs and they have come up to be revealed, reviewed and healed. Yeah. Right. Because they're in, they're, they're in you, living in you. From some past time. Exactly. Perhaps. Locked in the basement, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But they were in there. And our human reaction to being faced with feelings that are uncomfortable is to just say, uh-uh, I'm not going to look there. Right? We want to push them back down into the basement. And I hear you saying that's not what you did. And it was being handed to you to look at. So what did you do? Yeah. It was a gift in strange wrapping. Mm, love that. And what I ended up doing as soon as I got back to my house was I called my friend John and I said, I'm sorry that we left. I said, I recognize that it wasn't that I was mad at you. I was upset with the part of myself that wasn't curious, the part of myself that needed to be right. I was seeing that in how you were speaking and I was seeing some prejudice in how my stepfather was, you know, what he was saying. And that was uncomfortable for me, John. So I want to apologize that I didn't either facilitate a more intelligent conversation, you know, something that I could really get curious about and have the two of you really explore, you know, the differences and appreciate them. Or maybe I'm also aware that I could have just sat there, gathered myself and and left the conversation. You guys were happily having this conversation. I'm not happily, but, you know, <laughs> passionately having this conversation. I could have stood up and gone into the other room. And mm. so I did sit with myself for a little bit. And I was judging those parts. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Ultimately, though, I realized, wow, this is really a gift. And these parts have revealed themselves to me because they do need to be healed and reintegrated and transmuted back into the no thingness that they came from, (laughs) right? So if I just love them, if I just love these parts and I have compassion for these parts of myself, then they don't have to act out. They don't even have to be expressed. Right. And typically the part when, when something within us is triggered and is being revealed and comes out of the shadow and wants to be reviewed, we don't think that right away. We don't think, oh, hello, there you are from the shadow. Let me 
let me embrace you here in the light and let's have a conversation, uh-uh, right? Because it's usually accompanied by discomfort. Yes. And maybe memories that we don't want to remember or emotions that we, you know, don't like to feel. So what did you do? So that you just, what well, you just described this integration and bringing compassion, that sounds lovely, but how do we get from the initial discomfort to that place of compassion? Well, I think the first step always is, you know, once I got out into the cold air and I took a deep breath. Breathing. That is... Step one for almost everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> Breathe. Yeah. It brings you back into your body, you know, right. just lets you be present with. And it quiets, when I do that, it quiets my mind too, you know, just that breath. It's a pause, you know, for just a moment. Because usually I'm paying too much attention to whatever's thoughts happen to be running through my mind at that moment, letting them have some control over me. So that breath is a moment for me to go still and quiet in my mind, reconnect with my body, settle my nervous system down a little bit, right? Yeah. And then this awareness that, wow, that wasn't them. This wasn't about them. It was about me. And that was triggering in and of itself, right? Because like, yeah. oh, wow, I don't want to think, like you said, I don't want to think about myself like that. But but just this notion that, holy cow, you've got some stuff that really just wants to be reviewed, re- revealed and reviewed. Right. It doesn't mean that you, Jackie, all of a sudden are prejudice or are self-righteous or are these things. So that's the part that feels uncomfortable because if I can admit that, well, I felt prejudiced, I felt like it was more important that I would be right than that I'd listen and be curious about someone else. But it's important to name that and acknowledge that it doesn't have to become part of your present identity. Exactly. Right? Because it, it wasn't that I was voicing right. righteousness. I wasn't voicing... Was triggered by I, someone else's... I was being triggered by someone else's righteousness and someone else's prejudice. And I know enough about myself to say, well, if I'm seeing it out there, I must have right. it in here. Right? There was that phrase, like, if you spot it, you got it. (laughs) The second step was just being aware, right? Spot it, you got it. And then the third piece was recognizing too that, wow, I've got some judgment about myself being associated with those, with those parts. I'm a peaceful person. Exactly. Judgmental person. Yeah. Right. So once I could feel the judgment toward myself, I knew right then and there that the next step for me was compassion. You know, if there was a part of me that at one time experienced righteousness, if there was a part of me that one time experienced prejudice, there's a part of me at one time experienced this deep need to be seen as right, then those parts just wanted to be reintegrated into what I consider the embrace, the all, and to be healed in a way, you know, through loving compassion. Yeah. You know, to de-escalate and to recognize, wow, you just had a human experience. That's okay. Yeah, it's good and useful. But I think like, okay, for the sake of what, as you heal those parts, as you are able to articulate, just like you just did, articulate what that was like for you and understand it. Now, if we're talking about life as a journey, you know, you maybe you just took five steps forward and now that allows us to be able to turn around and look at those who are five steps back and say, come on, I got you. We can do this. And we are able to, through giving ourselves love and compassion, we are able to turn around and give love and compassion to everybody else around us out there who is having those feelings. We are enabled to be more curious about their emotions, about their prejudices, rather than, you know, I don't have to be uncomfortable with them because I've worked through my own. So now I'm able to be with yours. So it's interesting. It starts out by something I'm not able to be with. I like, this is fine. 
funny because literally you couldn't be with it because you got up and physically removed yourself in that instance, you know, that one example. You know, metaphorically, it's something we can't be with, but sometimes it's literally something we don't want to be with either. And then we sit and through these steps, realize, wait a minute, I can be with this, right? But it's not, but you're with it in a way that you, the whole of you, is uh, that bigger part that's bringing the smaller parts in. Sometimes those little parts can feel so big and loud. And where do they come from? They come from fear, righteousness, prejudice, the need to be heard and seen as right. That's right. Those things come, and judgment, those things come from a place of fear. So when I talk about reintegrating them, I'm talking about taking the fear bringing it into the love so that it could be transmuted. Right. You know, so that those those fearful parts, not only don't they need to be seen anymore, but they just, they go away because yeah. they're embraced in the love. There's love. just no yeah. role for them. There's no future for them. Yeah, right. It's different than saying, I don't want to see you go back down into the exactly. shadow. It's the exact opposite, bringing it up into the into light. light and saying, I do see you and I love you. And it's so amazing. As soon as we acknowledge fear, the fear begins to go away. Yeah. Uh, its power fades yeah. a bit. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like thinking that it's this big monster, but really yeah. it's just this little tiny thing that... Like the Wizard know. of Oz. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just a man. Just a right. Little Behind human. a curtain. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So let's just recap those steps because I'm going to guess that probably at some point later today or over the weekend, I will be triggered by something happening in my world and my, probably in my family. I'm just guessing. Mm-hmm. Um And so let's recap, you know, in that moment, I'm going to say this for me, how do I want to be? What do I want to remember? Um, So I I feel myself getting angry, frustrated, just wanting it to stop, Mm -hmm. you know, as in your story, right? So I breathe, first step, breathe. Yep. And the second step is as I'm breathing, sometimes this happens at the same time, is figuring out, okay, what's happening right now? Awareness. What am I feeling? What is that? And as you said, when you're, you know, to use your story as an example, acknowledging awareness that, okay, wow, there's judgment here. There's righteousness here. There's prejudice. So naming what you're experiencing, acknowledging it and naming it. Also asking yourself, if I spot it, I got it. Like, where is that for me? You know, where is some example or some semblance of that most likely lives in myself if I can see it out there, if it's triggering me in that way. So where is it also true for me? Yeah. So there's this willingness to see it and to look for it in yourself. Right. Um, And then when we find that, then we can pull it in. And as you said, reintegrating. And really, I think for me, what that feels like is if I notice fear Usually it's fear for me, you know, if I notice that I'm feeling reactive and triggered and there's some fear that I'm feeling about whatever's happening in the moment, I'll just, I mean, sometimes I literally will put my hands on my heart and take a breath and just tell myself, you know, it's okay. I see that you're scared or afraid that this might happen or that might be, and that's okay. You know, and I'm not justifying it or telling myself why I'm wrong. It's just a matter of stillness and acceptance. And I think too, for me, recognizing that everything stems from fear whether it's righteousness, judgment, prejudice, any of that stuff, it doesn't mean that's who you are now. What it does mean is that at some point in time, you recognize those feelings, you have had those experiences and reintegrating them through self-compassion. Right. Okay. That's the technology for the sustainable change. Mm. You know, that (laughs) self-compassion is the technology for sustainable change and to feel more peaceful 
Yeah. You know. That's awesome. I love that language. So we apply our compassion to ourself mm-hmm. in order that we might sustain the change we're looking for, which is to feel peaceful right. and in a space of love and acceptance. Yeah. And don't you know, the next day when I saw um, my parents and then when I spoke to John, I had so much more of myself available to be compassionate for the differences that they were experiencing. Mm-hmm. I didn't judge them because he voted this way and he voted another way. And I also realized, wow, even though they have two different positions, they both want the same thing. They want a healthy, wonderful place for Americans to be. You know, they do want to make America great, Mm -hmm. both of them. Yeah, just with differing ideas of what that means. Exactly. So going back and, you know, if you were going to go back to that conversation and have a chance to do that again, reintegrated, Mm -hmm. what might you bring to that that you weren't able to bring? Yeah, I think I, I would have, with love and joy, I would have brought a facilitation that could have opened up a dialogue where they were actually curious. Right. You know, where each of them could listen completely and fully to listen for understanding, to really get, wow, I get that you're afraid of this, or I get that you're really wanting this. And I could show them, we could reveal the differences, but then show them how similar So I hear that you're saying bring more of a facilitation, more of a curiosity, Mm -hmm. and an acknowledgement that it's okay to talk about hard things. It's okay to talk about things where we have strong differences. And I I think that not only is it okay, but for people like you and I, people that are doing coaching work in the world... It's expected, and I don't know, maybe I even want to say required, you know, that we create the space for difficult conversations to happen and for people to be able to experience real emotions. You know, where where do we go in the world to do that? So true. Because these emotions and these feelings, these ideas, these beliefs, they are here. Okay, us keeping them in the basement doesn't mean they're not here. We do need to bring them up and out and and find ways to talk about them so that they can yeah. reveal something truer. You know, and right, because as long as we keep them in the basement, they take on a, a certain kind of energy that is not what we want. It's a hidden, um, I don't know, the word dark is coming up for me because we're using that basement metaphor, but um, unconscious, kind of like there's right and wrong, black yeah. and white, you know, it's a, that kind of an yeah. energy about it. Whereas if it was out in the light and we were able to look at it and talk about it and be curious about it, then it's not a matter of right and wrong anymore right yeah it's not the fear of the unknown it's like wow now i i have some understanding about how i think this way and why i think this way and how you're thinking and why you're thinking that way yeah so i agree with you it it was quite an incredible learning opportunity yeah well and i think that is the learning opportunity from projection. We're talking about this topic just to remember for me and you and anyone out there listening that anytime I feel discomfort, I feel uncomfortable because I'm, you know, something's happening around me that's making me feel a certain mm-hmm. way. It's awesome to know there's a part of me that now knows, okay, wait a minute, tomorrow this might feel like a gift, right? So what could I do right now in this moment if I was going to begin with the end in mind and, and remember that this is probably a gift in disguise? So let me take that breath and press pause on the judgment and get curious and open instead. I do think that it's God's way of helping us to grow. Every time something makes me feel uncomfortable, I can 
push it down and stay where I am, or I can pull it out and go, all right, come on. Yeah, yeah it's my turn you. to look at yeah. you right now. <laughs> yeah. And and how do we want to resolve this and, and not make you stay down in the basement, yeah. but just bring you back up into the heart where you can be just loved up and healed into <sighs> truth and, and something that is so much more loving and peaceful. Life-giving. Yeah. Life-giving, generative. Generative. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you for sharing that story. Oh, my gosh. I love that your pleasure. willingness and openness to share a vulnerable story like that. You know, there's learning for all of us. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. We're so glad that you were here with us today, listening to Rethinking Leadership, serving fresh ideas over coffee. You can connect with Jackie Lesser on JackieLesser.com, and you can connect with me, Dee Yarrison, at EssentialShiftNow.com. And we'll see you next time.